Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. Our Cracked Rackets team so fortunate to be a part of Press Row this week at the WTA 2020 Ostrava Open, of course. We approach Championship Sunday, and it's going to be our first ever all-Belarusian final in WTA history. Victoria Azarenka, who has just been spectacular. I believe 19-4 and at this point in the, since the restart in August. She is going to take on fellow countrywoman Arena Sabalenka. Of course, Sabalenka 6-0-4-0 down in the quarterfinals. She now knocks off Jen Brady in straight sets in the semifinals, finds herself in another high-level event final. It should be a really fun matchup. And of course, we are fortunate enough to have had the chance to speak with both Azarenka and Sabalenka, ask them a couple of questions after their semifinal victories. Uh, also had the chance to talk to both Jen Brady and Maria Sakari, uh, talk about, you know, as their 2020 seasons wind down, what their, will their takeaways be from the year? What are the things they look to work on following this season? And of course, uh, you know, now that it is the off season, how do they take the times to enjoy themselves? What does a two-week vacation, two weeks away from tennis actually look like for these top pros? A nice combination of nerdy stuff, you know, getting into the analytics, getting into the nitty and gritty, but then also a little bit of fun with these players. So, of course, we want to get you to those conversations. I will quickly point out, as you know, the reason we're able to do these podcasts day in, day out, because of the support we get from our friends at Midwest Sports and Aerobar. You know the deal here at Cracked Rackets. We want you to look good. We want you to feel good so that when you're out on the court, you're going to play good. That's where our friends at Midwest Sports and Aerobar come in. Go to MidwestSports.com. Use that promo code CR15. Go to Aerobar.com. Use that promo code CRACK15. With that in mind, let's get to my questions and the answers we heard from Victoria Azarenka first, then we're going to go Sabalenka, then we're going to go Jen Brady, then we're going to go Maria Sakari. Westoff, roll the tape. Catherine and I disagree Vika I think the entertaining shots are half the fun so please leave them in there but um, you know for you obviously uh, you talked about this with Courtney transferring your level from the practice courts to match play and for five and a half months six months there were no tournaments no matches available so I'm curious for you how were you able to transfer your level from practice to the match? You know, what were you seeing during those five and a half months that had you confident uh, once the tour restarted? Well, once the tournament restarted, I wouldn't say anybody thought I was com- confident or comfortable, especially <laughs> judging by my first match in Lexington. Um, and I think that um, that is a difference that it didn't, my confidence wasn't uh, built based on matches it was built based on the work that i that i do and and belief in in the right things that i'm doing and the result was more of a confirmation rather than 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 bringing me confidence because every match that i've played i had to figure some sort of puzzle puzzle out and some of the matches where i was leading and then somebody came back those were the moments where um I was able to step up my level and use those tools that I did create in practice and kind of implement them in in the match situation because that's not easy. The momentum shift doesn't necessarily happen in practice, um, at least that much. Um, So 
I feel that that was kind of way before, but being able to not play matches for so long, I think it, 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 it took a toll a bit on everybody. But for me, I don't necessarily need a lot of matches to kind of get in my groove, but I need some practice. And, and that, first, that first match for me after a break was a great opportunity that I was able to figure out something for myself in that match when nothing was kind of working for me. So that was, that was a jump start of, I will say, my kind of reassurance and my confidence that was taken from outside. Mm-hmm. No. Well, then my last question to you would be in today's match, in both sets, you jump out to two love leads. And, you know, those first two games of the first set, I believe both went to deuce. They were particularly close. Is that one of the tactical things you talk about having the right mentality at the start of these matches, jumping out to these two love leads in sets? Is that something you're, you know, trying to consciously do, trying to really start strongly? Um, I mean, I don't ne- never really think about the score that I need to start 2-0 or I need to start 3-0 or whatever, because that's just a waste of my time to predict what's going to happen. I would say I focus more obviously on starting strong and being aggressive in terms of my game plan. But in terms of score, uh, I'm, uh, I think I've experienced enough to know that the score sometimes doesn't really matter and everything can happen from different state of uh, scores. So um, that is really irrelevant for me in terms of thinking. Congratulations on the result and good luck tomorrow. Thank you. Congratulations on the win, Arena. Um, you talked about this yesterday in your press conference. You mentioned it earlier already today, but changing your preparation for this match. For those of us, since we don't get the chance to be on site, uh, what do those changes look like? What are you do- doing differently today that maybe you didn't do yesterday? Well, on, on court, I moved a little bit more. So my hitting partner is in one corner and moving me. like So make sure that I'm like, uh, my body is ready for uh, for the match and yeah before the match we moved a little bit more and like doing some um, jumps and like some throwing the balls like make sure I'm like I'm really ready and my body's like how to say not stiff but like really like um, hard or hard or I don't know like mm-hmm. so loose and ready to go Sure. Yes, yes. Exactly. <laughs> no, of course. And for you early on, I think we saw that, you know, one all game, you're 40 15 down, you come back to break. Two one game, you're serving your love 40 down. And in those instances, you seem to be able to hit your way out of problems. Was that something again today? It was go down swinging, play your game from start to finish? Uh, I mean, I was playing from the beginning till the end, and uh, on those games, like she played really well. So it wasn't it wasn't like nothing to do with me. It was like she played really well, and I was just like keep going because um, I just I just said to myself like, well, she did well. Uh, let her play. Let her go for a few more winners if she can, and and um, those mindset helped me to to came back on on those games. 
Last one for you, a fun one. Obviously, you and Elisa partners this week. She's played Vika already, and, you know, Vika knocked her out at the U.S. Open. Vika knocked you out at the U.S. Open. Will there be any, you know, commiserating between the two of you? You're going to run game plans by each other, say, hey, Elisa, you know, what should I be doing tomorrow? <laughs> uh, I speak more with my coach about the game plan, but of course we ask her about like how was her match, like what she was doing there, like what she can can say about her. Of course, we like there's exchange a little bit of thoughts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, good luck tomorrow. Thank you. Thank you, Catherine. Um, obviously not the result you wanted today, Maria, but I wanted my first question about the match. Uh, those first two games of both sets, uh, you know, both close games in that first set in particular, both games go to deuce. Uh, you know, how important was Vika capturing the momentum there going up that early 2-0 lead in both sets? Yeah, for sure. I mean, not getting the break in the first game of the match, you know, for sure things would I'm not sure that things would be different, but you know, um, it's a big advantage, um, especially the way that I played that game. I think I was playing really good. And of course, if you give um, Vika the lead, then she's going to take it and she's going to take advantage of it. No, yeah, it was, you know, again, a very high level match. I want to follow up on something Courtney asked talking about the mm -hmm. scheduling. And, you know, I know it's difficult for one player to have any control over this, but you obviously got to experience three weeks in a row in New York versus mm -hmm. now this European stretch where you're going from event to event to event. Do you think it would help the players if the tours made a decision to maybe focus regionally four weeks at like the same event in Australia, followed by four weeks in, you know, a, a set location? Would that help given all of the stresses of traveling and, you know, negotiating all of the of uh, global pandemic protocol? Yeah, I think it's going to be, I mean, if things are bad at that time, I think that's the only way they can, you know, make the tournaments happen. Um, let's say if, in Australia, they decide to do four, I mean, three or I don't know how many tournaments in a row at the same place. I think it's going to help a lot. Um, then if Middle East does the same, um, it's also going to help. I think it's a good, um, if things are really bad, then it's a good solution for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, then my last question, a fun one. You say you're taking the rackets away for two weeks. What does Maria Sakari do during those two weeks away from tennis? Well, that's that's uh, that's gonna sound um different but i'm gonna i'm gonna do my boat license okay. uh, yeah because um i want to get once i get you know higher in the rankings i just wanna buy my own boat not a yacht yet <laughs> but a speedboat because in greece it's something that you will enjoy a lot going to the island so i'm gonna use those weeks off to do that and learn a lot of things regarding the sea and everything. Yeah, that sounds very fun. Well, enjoy yourself, Maria, and again, congrats Thank on the fantastic you. Thanks. Just a couple 
two quick questions for you, Jen. When you're playing someone who plays as powerful of a game as Arena, what are you trying to do during the match to disrupt her rhythm? And, you know, maybe looking back, what choices do you wish you would have made in this one? Probably played more powerful than her. Um, you know, but, uh, I, I think, you know, I think she, she, um, she, pl she played a, a good match today. Uh, you know, she was hitting the ball pretty strong. Um, uh, maybe I was a step or two slow, uh, but yeah, I think, you know, the next time I would play, um, I mean, I, I, I feel like I had some chances on her serve, wasn't able to, um, you know, break her serve as many times as I would have liked to, but she was also able to break my serve. Uh, so I think, you know, just, just being, um, more aggressive from the, from the get go and, uh, yeah, maybe trying to make her move a little bit more, get the ball in the middle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And for you, when you look towards this offseason, obviously, as Courtney mentioned, so many things going right in your game. Are there any things in particular you will be focused on to improve looking towards 2021? Um, I think my net game. I think, you know, uh, working on uh, the transition game, working on moving forward, finishing more points at net, being more comfortable at the net. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, then fun one for you at the end. Let's say you don't play in Linz. After all of the success you've had these past 10 weeks, what does Jennifer Brady do to reward herself? Oh, gosh. Oh. <laughs> She's pretty lame. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I really wish I had a fun, good answer for you. But, um, geez. Uh, I don't know. Maybe like uh, a day or two somewhere in in Europe. Uh, maybe a weekend in Austria. I don't know. Something, yeah. something out of the box. Something, uh, yeah, something unexpected. Um, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Sounds fun. Well, obviously, thank you, Jen, and uh, good luck with your off season. Yeah, thank you so much. Hope all of you crack fans enjoyed hearing from Azarenka, Sabalenka, Brady, and Sakari. Of course, a huge shout out to Catherine and the entire Ostrova media team for facilitating all of this access. Still such a pleasure for me to get the opportunity to speak with these players. Of course, shout out to them for being willing to be so candid in their answers. And of course, shout out to our friends both at Midwest Sports and Aerobar and our super producers, Max Ligner and Daniel Westa, for the fuck of it any job they do day in, day out. Now, of course, if you want to hear my extended thoughts on Saturday's semifinal matches, be sure to go hop over to our mini break podcast where we break down the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Of course, if you want to hear our picks for Championship Sunday, head on over to that Great Shot podcast. Each and every day, you can hear our picks for the action in the tennis world on our DraftKings GSP Ace of the Day segment. And of course, to find all of our Crack Rackets content, just go to our website, crackrackets.com. You need those more immediate updates, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. We are at Crack Rackets. You want to message me directly, I am at Great Shot Pod. But with that in mind, for our wonderful super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westoff, our friends at Midwest Sports and Aerobar, and all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Grusk, and you've been listening to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy. We'll talk to you all soon, everyone. Take care.